What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. The Volume. The Draymond Green Show is presented by FanDuel. The NBA season kicking into gear, baby. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. FanDuel app is safe. You get paid fast. A lot of ways to play. The spread, the money line, team totals, players, props, a lot of stuff. Over-unders. Jump into the action. Same game parlays are my favorite. Just use the promo code Colin and download the FanDuel app today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. Our next guest I'm excited to have because you know uh, this guy obviously is a great basketball player. Um, had a really good career. Actually, a lot of people who I've talked to have said it's the best player they've ever played with. Like, most talented guy they've ever oh. played with. Like, several people. I'm talking Andre Iguodala, Richard Jefferson, like, real NBA guys, like, all-stars. Mm-hmm. Have all said best player they've played with. Uh, no chill, Gil. Gilbert Arenas, my brother. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming oh, man, through, thank man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, first off, I, you know, just getting into early life. Uh, you know, born in Tampa, Florida. At what age did you move to to the Valley uh, and, you know, out here in Los Angeles? Yeah, so uh, my dad decided to uh, become an aspiring actor. You know, uh, wanted to do the Hollywood life. So uh, around seven is when we took the journey um, from Tampa to uh, Cali. Uh, didn't work out so well, you know. <laughs> Was homeless for a little bit, lived in the car for a little bit. And then um, because he didn't have his, his shit together, he uh, shipped me back to, to Tampa until he got, you know, stable. He was working with Chuck Norris, Mike Tyson, bodyguard for Mike Tyson, um, John claude Van Damme. And once he got you know, situated, I came back at around 10. Okay. What what effect do you feel like 
it had on you moving out here because, like, L.A., as you know, is is a hotbed for talent. And the basketball out here is different. Florida is more of a football state. What effect yeah. did that have on your life in moving out here? <laughs> That's the funny part. I was a football player. Really? So I, I was, yes, I was a straight football player, baseball player, so nothing about basketball. And my dad was making ends meet coaching basketball. So he was coaching and refereeing. Right. So I'll just be mm-hmm. sitting there or playing outside at the park. So I never really paid attention to basketball. And then what ended up happening is um, one of my friends in school lived next to the park. So I used to go watch him play. And he's like, I'm trying out. So I was like, should I go try out, too? And then um, <laughs> whatever he said, I just copied point guard, point guard. Right. You know, <laughs> it was one of those things. And then, um, you know, that's how I got started. Yeah. My boy, Bobby Mitchell. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Going back to that's that's nuts. Uh you you go through finish school here, go through high school, you go to University of Arizona, um, you know, play for the great Lou Olson. What was that experience like as a freshman going into Arizona? I know those legendary coaches like that can be really tough on freshmen. Now you you know, you know what's funny? Um it if it wasn't for Lou. I probably wouldn't have made it to the NBA. I probably would have been kicked out of school. Um, you know, I was young. I was 17 going in, so I was real immature, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, it was, I was 12 going into college. You know what I mean? I was, I was As 12. most of us are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, like, my, the, the kid side of me just wanted to do everything that I could possibly get, paintball, shooting. Like, I did everything. Fire alarm ringing, um, still in the go-karts or the golf carts from security. So um, Lou Olson didn't penalize me on the basketball court for the immature stuff I was doing outside of the court. And he's like, you know what? If the school decides to penalize you, you won't be able to play this. So that's, if, if you mess up here, they gonna take it away from you. I don't need to do that. And then from there, it made me understand like what this can affect this. And then if I don't mm-hmm. want this affected this court, then I got to really, you know, fo- calm down on this side of the uh, on, on this side of the lines. Absolutely. And your sophomore year, you go on, you win uh, Pac-10 Player of the Year. Uh, you mm-hmm. carry squad to the national championship game, where y'all eventually uh, lose to Duke. Uh, but what was that? What was that year like? You know, you have a decent freshman year, uh, mm-hmm. good freshman year, and then really taking that jump that next year. What was like? What happened with you? Was it a confidence jump? Obviously, he's working on your game, but what helped you take that next step that next, uh, your sophomore year? You know, just like anything, you know, like our rookie our rookie season, you know, we don't know what to expect when we get there, right? You know, um, you know, we're watching on TV. It seems faster, seems slower, you know. You know, so that first year, it was like, I'm just playing just off field. Mm-hmm. You know, then once, you know, um, once I got into my second year, the game slowed down. I got smarter. Um, I understood the rules more, understood players, understood concept and schemes. So, you know, when we all got into our second year, it was, we're going for the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we thought our, our my, my rookie season, my freshman season, that we were good enough to win it, yeah. but we was no Cincinnati. You know what I mean? We, Absolutely. <laughs> we was no Cincinnati. Absolutely. Um, and that's Kenya Martin and those guys at the time, Kenya, right? Yes, yes. DeMar Johnson, Kenya Martin. Uh, 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 Logan, um, Kenny Satterfield. So they was okay. stacked, but yeah. they was they was rugged. It, it was a rugged group. We was, you know, we was all finesse and stuff. They was just, you know, they was rugged. Um, 
you know, so going into, you know, the tournament that year, we was really, like, really feeling ourselves. Mm-hmm. Hey, we blew y'all, we, we blew the Michigan hey, relax, State out of them. Relax, relax, relax. <laughs> no, no need to go there. They can look up the history if they want to. We're not doing no Michigan State slander here. <laughs> However, I watched that. Yeah, yeah, I watched so, that um, game. <laughs> you know, like, you know, us, you guys, Duke, uh, Illinois that year Illinois. was was good. Uh, I think Frank Frank Robinson, uh, Frank, um, some Frank was there. Um, and Maryland was all right. Yes, you know, so it was it was five teams that that could have could have won it all that year. Okay, and you know, then you you decide to take that next step after after your sophomore year, uh, drafted the thirty first overall pick by the Golden State Warriors, number one. What? Why do you think, or maybe you know, why did you go second round with the talent that you had, the year that you had, then you go to go in the second round? What was that about? You know, back then, them tw- they didn't. It was them tweeners. Right? Oh, I was tell a, me about you know, that word. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a tw- I was a tweening guard, so I wasn't I wasn't big enough to be a shooting guard, and wasn't a point guard. Right, so I was mm-hmm. stuck in the middle. So my comparison was like. A smaller Catino Mobley. Uh-huh. Um, I saw, yeah. So I was a smaller Catino Mobley. If you look um, in that draft, it said I'm the best one on one player in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, me doing some things like, um, yeah. like ball, like you know, through the draft, like I didn't want to do the treadmill test. Uh-huh. Um, me, it was it was more of a um, an ego thing, right? I trained my ass off, like I really, like really ran miles. And then you put mm-hmm. this test and say 18 minutes, but nobody can win. That didn't yes. sit well. There has to be a winner. We just can't just all go to 18 and then, you know, like, nah, I want, you know, somebody <laughs> sit on here three hours. I want that type of, you know what I mean? So I'm like, why do, why, why do I need to prove that I'm in shape? And then what does this test got to do with drafting? And what does this test got to do with training camp? Mm-hmm. So whatever you see here is meaningless, to be honest. Because me being in shape now doesn't have nothing to do with me being in shape when that season starts. So, like, little things like that, I just seen flaws, and I attacked the flaws. No, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. And I I agree, and I understand. I actually, I worked out for the Boston Celtics. Um, They they were one of my my 20 workouts uh, when I was coming (laughs) out. And (laughs) I worked out for the Boston Celtics, and they had us do, like, this Boston Celtics three-minute run or something at the end of the Mm -hmm. workout. Yeah. And like I did the run, but like I'm not hauling ass. Like, and it was a good learning experience for me. But I did the run, and afterwards, Danny Danny Ainge asked me, uh, who's the president GM at the time. Danny Ainge asked me. He's like, "Yeah, so you, I expected you to do better in that run. Uh, why why didn't you get more lines in the run?" And I was like, "Well, quite frankly, I feel like the run is kind of to say whether I'm in shape or not." but you just watched me work out for two hours and destroy everybody. So I'm not really sure like what the run is going to show you. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. it's a, it's not basketball, just running mm-hmm. from line to line. And like, I and mean, we just played a lot of basketball. We played ones, twos, threes, how to get out of a trap. I did everything well in this workout. So I'm just not sure like what I really needed to prove in this run. Like, Mm-hmm. I don't that don't really work. So I, yes. I 100% understand that. <laughs> yes, like, it's like, like it's the draft process to me is so flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you let players dodge players. Like if, mm-hmm. if, if I'm a if I'm a team, right, and I'm 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 looking at a few guys, I want to put them together. Like this player's dodging this player. If you're dodging this player, then why would I want you? Yes. You're not gonna take, you're not taking the challenge. I want the guy that's willing to take the challenge. He's willing to say, I'm testing my skill against everybody. Because nice. when the NBA, you can't sit games and be skilled, you know, that's <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like it, it's it, it was one of those things where when you go through it and it doesn't work the way it should have, you'd be like, this is flawed. Yeah. Like I did 17 workouts, Sacramento, I went, I went like 23 for 25 from a three. Their wow. excuse was I couldn't shoot. Cause they said, oh, I had a set shot, you know, that's not realistic. It can get blocked, it's too slow. I was like, how am I going to get blocked if I can pump fake? It's like, it's like you just make <laughs> excuses, right? You just make up excuses not to draft. Just say you didn't want to draft me, bro. That's all Facts. I got to say, right? Facts. But, no, you know, but absolutely. It, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't measure heart. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't measure if you have heart, if you have a work ethic. And that's why uh, a Hall of Famer like yourself can go in a second appreciate round. It. I appreciate and they it. Not, and they, not, they, they, they miss it because... This this doesn't measure, this this system doesn't measure who has it, who wants it. Fact. You know, and that's the problem with it. No, absolutely. I agree. You get drafted and you you get the number zero. I've heard um speculation of why you got the number zero. But I think what's also impressive is like, I feel like you were really the first person to really go that route, like zero and mm-hmm. kind of make that number a thing. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think people in sports or or fans, I would say, really understand that. Like, the impact that you had on the game. To, like, zero was a shit number. Like, now yeah, zero no. is a very prominent <laughs> number, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but what was your reasoning for uh, going with number zero once you was drafted? Yeah, so actually it started in college. So uh, I was 25 because I was a Penny Hardaway fan. So I'm, you know, I was... Penny, Memphis Penny, I'm Penny Hardaway. So going into Arizona, um, you know, looking at Mm -hmm. 25, but that was Steve Kerr's number. Yeah. So they were saying, they're going to retire it so you can't play in it. So I'm like, uh, I don't have any other number. So they they said, all right, these two numbers are being released this year. One and zero. Mm -hmm. The first thing I'm thought, oh, Penny. But when that zero, when I seen the zero, it was like, Man, that's how many minutes they said I will play in Arizona. They said I am not a uh, Arizona type of player, and I'm going to play zero minutes. So mm-hmm. I was like, I want to go with zero, so I can like no matter what I'm doing, I can always look at it and it. it this is what they said you was going to play zero minutes. So you know, um, so when I went to Golden State, drafted 31, mad, oh, I was hot, pissed. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, threw my cubic zirconia out the window. Get all out. <laughs> threw it out. I don't want that. Uh, I don't know if they have the recording, but this is a recording that you should find. I was the cockiest person when I got drafted. Like, I was mad. Like, I, I don't care about this. Hey, hey, by the middle of the season, I'm going to be starting. I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to be starting. Click. <laughs> Jeez. And you were. <laughs> Yeah, it ended up happening. But trust me, those <laughs> forty games, it wasn't promising. <laughs> like, so like me what? starting, me starting happened overnight. 
It wasn't. I was it just about to say, what, what, what was your break? Like, for my break was David Lee got hurt. Um, I started the season. We started like 16 and one or something. And then the rest was history. Mm-hmm. What was your break to kind of get you over that hump after those first 40 games? It was, it was, uh, Mookie Baylock basically getting kicked off the team because he wasn't being a, a, a veteran. Um, then Larry Hughes going down with an ankle sprain. So I was on IR. Like back then, we didn't have G League. D League, uh-huh. we didn't have that. Um, so I was on IR. And um, I'm playing like, you know, two minutes, one minute, if there's a blowout over winning. You know, there was no me getting a little. There was none of that. So it was yeah. zero to 100, like really fast. <laughs> um, so Larry Hughes goes down. And then they take me off IR. Bobby Sora didn't want to start. So he's uh, like, I'm, I'm playing well at where I am right now. So yeah. put him in for a couple minutes. You know, let me see how the game's going, then sub me in. That sounds, that sounds, first... that sounds like, a, like a true vet who knows I got to go out here and deal with these starters. I'm going to keep coming <laughs> off the bench so I can play against these guys coming off the bench. You yeah. go deal with them starters, young fella. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Dave Cowan's got fired. So Dave okay. Cowan's got fired. And uh, Brian Winters ended up being the coach. And Brian Winters was like, you know, I'm going to go with the guys, you know, who play hard, who work mm-hmm. hard, who shows up every day for practice. You know, because I was coming in at 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, working on my game. Mark Jackson, like, Mark Jackson saved my career. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Mine, too, because, by the way. Huh? <laughs> Mark, it's mine, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. No, not that one. Um, Philly Mark Jackson. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, Philly Mark Jackson. He okay. was we're, we're teammates. And he used to wake me up at six o'clock and say, Man, listen, don't worry about where you are. He said, I made 25 million and I only played 25 games. The last 25 games, you know, I made 25 million. And he was like, just just focus. And he was just teaching me playing. Cause I was in a funk, like, man, I don't, you know, I, I'm probably not good enough. And I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was ready to quit. <laughs> I was ready to quit. <laughs> I was ready to quit. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, when when he said my name, I was actually ready. That's dope. I always tell people, your name is getting, your name, your number is getting called in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I tell, and if you're not ready, it may never get called again. Yep, you're it's right. It's going to get called once. And it is so important that you're ready for that when they call your name. I tell these young guys, like, man, mm-hmm. I, I used to get called in with 20 seconds to go to go guard Kobe because they got the game when the shot coming up. Like, yep. that's how I got on the floor. So you mm-hmm. have to be ready uh, for that name getting called. But coming out, uh, 31st pick, you sign a two-year, $800 million contract, uh, excuse me, $800,000, $845,000 contract for two years. <laughs> and something very interesting happens happened with you. And, you know, for those of you out there that don't, quite understand the CBA, which is the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, You see all these contracts and different things. It is the agreement um, that is the rule book, the law book, or whatever you want to call it, for the Mm -hmm. NBA. It's what Mm -hmm. we have to go by. That's what the NBA functions on is the CBA. Um, It is, they have something in there called the Gilbert Arenas rule. Uh, For those of Mm -hmm. you that don't understand, the Gilbert Arenas rule I'll let Gilbert Arenas explain the Gilbert Arenas rule to you, but you go on to sign a six-year, $64 million contract after your second year in the NBA. Can you explain us the Gilbert Arenas rule and what you went through during that period 
um, and sign and your contract in and signing that new deal as a restricted free agent. Okay, so you know, like they had the bird rights, meaning like after four years, you know, you 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 get you get some type of rights, right? Mm -hmm. So with a second year player, no second year player basically played over the mid level yeah. exception, right? So yeah. you know, the the best best second rounder within two years are going to sign mid level. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening is I played above that. So, um. Like I think it was forty nine million, right? Was mm -hmm. the that was the cap of Golden State? Okay. And midway through the season, I was already being like I remember Kiki Vanderway from Denver was like, "We're offering them fifty one, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever they can't, go, we're gonna go above that." So it mm -hmm. was already being said that y'all not gonna be able to afford them. Mm -hmm. um, so during that season with Coach Musselman, that second season, yeah. They were trying to try to hold the contract down by putting me in three minutes, putting, you know, that that was going on. Oh, yeah, wow. the bullshit was going on. Yeah, that was going on. Wow, so, that's crazy. Yeah, because uh, the, the first part of the season, I was averaging about 18, 6, and 6. Wow. You know, I, I became the second option at that point. Um, I'm the last five-minute guy. Huh? Second option to who? Antoine Jameson. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so Antoine, Antoine Jameson. Um, so he was being told to hey, keep him down, you know. So they're trying to play me three minutes, and then you know, think my man Earl Boykins, Earl Boykins, and um, and Coach Musselman had a great relationship. And Earl Boykins is like, like, if you want him next year, you don't think he's going to remember this? Yeah, right. If you're losing games, you don't think he's going to fire you? Play, play him. Play, play him, right? And then, you know, that's when coach was like, yeah, my bad, I'm just... And then so he uh, he put me out there and I ran with it. So when we went to free agency market, you know, it all, the doors already opened up. Um, I think I was... I was either number two behind Lamar Odom. Okay. Uh, in the free agency market. So um, because, of, because of I only played two years, I didn't have my bird rights, meaning that Golden State, can only offer me a certain amount, which was 49. It was a, it was basically seven years, 49 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. So a seven year, 49 was the, was the max that they could offer me. Denver already came out with six years, 60, uh, 51. Um, so I went to go, I went, listened to everyone and Golden State was the last one. And I ain't gonna lie. They had a hell of a pitch. <laughs> they had a hell of a pitch. You know what I mean? Um, we were all young. We were young. Um, you know, they had like a Viper, Ferrari, the Lambo downstairs, the Corvette, you know what I mean? Um, so what, what we were trying to do is we were trying to sign a, um, under the table deal, mm -hmm. you know, one year, 4.9, and then have the contract already signed seven years, yes. 79 million. Okay. So that was the that was the deal that I was gonna sign now, and then we was both gonna hold it in a vote. Um and like by the by the time I got to them, go to uh Wizards already offered me the max that they can offer me. So the, the owner's mm -hmm. like, whatever, whatever I have, you know, 58, 61, 65, 75, whatever I have, it's yours. Just come. Um, 
So, you know, the number was the number from Washington was coming around 60, 60 to 64. It was somewhere around okay. there. So when we did the calculations, you know, you take the 4.9 plus the 79, came over about 83 million. By the time mm-hmm. the money matched, I would have already been out of my Washington deal. Yeah. Um, you have Jason Richardson, you have me, you have Troy Murphy, right? Yep. You have uh, Yuri Welster next year, you have Dunleavy. Someone was going to get screwed. All of us was going to get our money. And, you know, it was basically like the only one that can get screwed who don't have a name is you. And I had to really th- take that in consideration. Like if I got hurt that next year and didn't perform, you know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? As much as I want to love to stay here, I need to go and, and branch off myself. Uh, that's very interesting. Like I said, for, for those of you um, that don't understand, as a second round pick, uh, I actually benefited off of off the mm-hmm. Gilbert Arenas rule um because you're 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 if if you're a second so if you if you are a first round pick for those of you out there you have 2 years guaranteed then you have 2 years of player option and the team controls everything i mean it's not player option i'm sorry it's 2 That's years team, team option, option. so the team controls everything as mm-hmm. a second round pick you can get back to the money faster but Prior to Gilbert Arena, the Gilbert Arenas rule, you could only get the mid-level. And then that yeah. rule changed with you, which was huge. It changed a lot for myself. It changed. I think Jay Crowder was able to uh, take it. There's so many guys so, now. So, so so what happened was after me, um, who who benefited first from it was Carlos Boozer. Yes. Well, Utah, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So which which so what happened was they did they they did the they did you can match it then they added another year mm-hmm. so they so you know back then it was one year deals one one order max two that was it for the second round there was no option three and there was none of that yes so after the rule they added an option three mm-hmm. right like okay just in case so with Carlos Boozer Boozer after his second year, it's the team's option. Yes. So he already he already got a deal from Utah. He got a deal from Utah. So basically, he went into the office and convinced them <laughs> that you know you know let me out of the deal, and um, I just signed right now for the twenty four million. All right, I'll sign right now for the twenty four million. This is where I want to stay, you know. And it was dumb enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> It was dumb enough to do it, and he took off. <laughs> and he like he left and went and signed where? He went to Utah, like eighty. It was like eighty some million. Okay, so who was he with prior to Utah? He was with Cleveland. He was with LeBron. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was he was balling. So he was basically yes. saying like, like if if you sign me this year, then I go to next year. I'm gonna be worth all of this. So right now, you know. You know, 24 million. I signed a 24, five year, whatever. And it's like, oh shit, okay, we'll get him for the 24. So they let him out and he took off. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder, yeah, with the I wonder who his agent was. I know Cleveland <laughs> forever hate him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was the bad one. Like, that's when you cheer, like, yeah, all right, somebody got the ass. Absolutely. Yeah, it happens. They come few and far in between. So you gotta appreciate mm-hmm. the ones that do happen. So you, but you leave Golden State and you you go sign that deal with Washington. Um, how was it adjusting? Number one, 
that's a whole life change moving from the mm -hmm. West Coast to the East Coast after all of those yeah, years. Facts, facts. How how was that adjustment? Different organizations. Um, how was that adjustment for you moving to Washington? You know, just you know, I had the relationship with the owner. You know, um, Mr. A. Poland, uh, rest in peace. Um, that was my backing, right? That's who I talked to. That's who me and him, you know, had the conversation that, you know, and his his. All he asked for is get me out of the Jordan era. Mm -hmm. Everyone's killing me about Jordan. I really? need you to make them stop talking about Jordan and, you know, what happened with us. And I'm, I'm indebted to you. And, and I said, like, all right, I got you. And that's that, that was task. it. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? a tall so, task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make people forget about Michael Jordan. That's a tall task. Yeah, because, you know, it's like, you know, it's, Think about it. It's MJ, and you were supposed to be an owner, mm -hmm. and you didn't hire him as an owner. He was getting killed in the media. You know, so he was like, you know, make them forget about this, you know, and focused on, you know, the team. And I was like, all right, I, hey, I'm going to go out there and do my best. And he was like, as long as, as long as you're, you know, doing what you're doing, I'm going to push for you. Because, you know, he was one of the original four owners. Ah, okay. Yeah, so he has pool pool. Yeah, cool, cool. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, that makes, yeah. makes a ton of sense. Uh, you become a three-time All-Star, which is huge. Um, career going great. Then you run into the unfortunate incident um, with J Javaris Crittenden. Uh, how do you think or do you think that situation really changed the way Gilbert Arenas was treated in the NBA the way Gilbert Arenas was looked at. Do you think that really ended up changing the outcome of your career? No. See, before that, um, I had uh, three knee surgeries in 14 months. Yeah. You had microfractures, right? Yeah, I had the, yeah, yeah. the microfracture that just ruined everyone's career. Right? Absolutely. Um, you know, so I was part of that um, experiment. Um, mm -hmm. So, truth be told, I wasn't the same player. Mm -hmm. When I got into the trouble, I wasn't the same player. There's my owner just passed. Um, them being loyal to me wasn't, it was more business at that point. Um, you know, a, Mr. A. Poland signed his guy to a max deal. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Because like, you know, Mr. And this was, this was a ha this what happened the year before. Um, when I opted out of my contract, I'm hurt. Didn't only play two games. Mr. Poland said, I don't care what they're saying. You did your job. Whatever you want, is, I'm going to sign it. Whatever mm -hmm. you want. I don't care what you want. I'm going to sign it. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the general manager said. So you're my guy. You lived up to yours. I'm going to live up to mine and sign me to the 111. Right? Mm -hmm. So he didn't listen to the experts. He didn't listen to the general manager. He didn't listen to no doctor. He didn't care. Um, so once he passed, um, I remember, I remember uh, we are at the ceremony and Brendan Haywood was like, uh, <laughs> he looked at me and said, uh, yeah, they're going to come. You better be on your best behavior. They're going to come after that contract. <laughs> man, I'm untouchable, man. They ain't doing nothing to me, right? No, he was, he was right. I was wrong, right? So, you know, going through that situation with Javaris, it was, um, it was real shocking because it's like uh, my whole thing was like, man, you can do a hundred things right. You make one mistake, it erases your whole legacy. Absolutely. 
your whole legacy. Like my whole legacy is is cleared out for one bad decision, one bad judgment. You know what I mean? And that's what didn't sit well with me. Like the, the Wizards part, you know, that's expected. You know, that's business. I get it. I under I understand that. I would have did the same thing. You know, especially now when you're older. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's business. It's this. You know, I gave them a chance to do it, you know, and they have to make their decisions. So, you know, but my thing was just worldwide over. It's like, you know, this one thing is what you're judging me off of now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep at night with that. Like, that's where I just lost the love. Like, it's like, I was batting 100%. <laughs> I missed one shot. I'm the sorriest motherfucker on the planet. Like, I can't, <laughs> live, I can't live with that, man. And then that's where, you know, I really kind of had lost the love at that moment. And you know, right there, I was just moving through the motions. Turn every Thursday into payday with TNT Thursdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you win or lose. FanDuel's giving all customers $10 in bonus bets every Thursday. Just bet a $10 bill or more same-game parlay on any NBA TNT game. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets, two or three or four, for a chance at a bigger payday. You build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Win or lose, you're guaranteed to get $10 added to your account. Get $10 back every Thursday, win or lose, with TNT Thursdays, exclusively on FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
so you lose love for that. You're also battling the microfracture Injury. stuff and injuries from that. And <clears throat> I know at the towards the end of your career, where the last year you you end up playing, you you went over to Shanghai and played with the Shanghai Sharks. Um, do you ever look look back at your time in Shanghai, or do you feel like you weren't uh, just quite the player that you were anymore to do that? But do you ever look back at your time in Shanghai and wonder or wish you would have stayed over there longer after looking at the business that um, Stefan Marbury, Marbury ended up building and going over to China and kind of making a career out of it after the NBA? Nah, see, so when when I when so I I was the before I went to Shanghai, I was working out with the Clippers. So I was playing with the Clippers that summer. You know, they had open gym. Bello was there. Everybody was there. So I'm playing well. Um, and then the Lakers open up their, their uh, practice facility two weeks before training camp start. So that's when, like, Steve Nash was there. That's when that team was coming in. So I'm playing well. Like, you know, Eddie Jordan, my, my, my head coach, he's the assistant coach over there. Uh, Mike Brown came over. So yeah. I'm tearing their asses up, right? So I'm talking to Eddie, and he's like, what, what are you going to do? He said, because they really like you. So they're, they're, they're trying to see if you want to go to the, at the time, I think it still was the D-League. And mm-hmm. you play on the D-League team, get all the understanding of the offense. That's like, the what offense? The one I created? The, the Princeton? <laughs> like, like, I don't have to worry about that. I know that like the back of my head. And he was like, you know, that's what they're saying, just to stay in shape. Because, you know, they don't want to, the season starts and you're just in limbo mode. So I was like, you know, I'm thinking about going to um, China. You know, I mm-hmm. um, go to China, get my little swag back over there, shoot the shit, you know, shoot every shot, you know, and I Absolutely. ain't thinking about passing the ball. It's like, that'd be a, that'd be a good thing. Um, I didn't know Doc Rivers was inviting me to training camp for oh, the Clippers. Wow. Um, but, you know, it was when I heard about it, I'm like, nah, because they just signed J.J. Redick. Um, they got Jamal Crawford, Chris Paul. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I can get some time and show I still got it. So um, I end up going to, you know, I end up, you know, going to China, make the team, the coach there. <laughs> I'm glad I don't even remember this motherfucking name. From. I'm glad I don't remember his name. He made me train 10 days straight, two a days. What? Right? Yeah. To see if I... I was in shape and still if I had it, like, you know what I mean? And just whirled my body. So by the time we got to the first game, we're playing against Stephon Marbury. <laughs> came down, hit a three on him, came back down, pulled my groin. Pulled three oh. muscles in my groin. Yeah. So pulled three muscles on my groin. And that's what kind of hurt my situation there. So I had to come back to the States. You know, I finished the season, like, you know, hobbling here and there. Mm-hmm. Came back to the States, rehabbed all summer, and then I was playing with Boogie. I was playing with Boogie, and me and Boogie was playing well. Um, he said he was going to give me an invite to play for SAC. Um, so it's going to go, you know, SAC or go back to China. And I played in uh, the Drew League. Mm-hmm. And pulled it again. Uh, tore my meniscus. Jesus. Yeah, so it was one of those things like, all right, I give it up. I, oh, I, I, it. I, I get it, I get it. I understand. I wow. give it up. So that was really how how it kind of ended that, 
you know, every time I put so much work in and the little, a little knack, mm-hmm. let me know, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> let it yeah. go. Yeah. You, you, you quickly start like moving into the podcast space and like different uh, media opportunity. What, what made you branch uh, into that space so fast? Because guys weren't doing that. Like I have a podcast now in the NBA, Patrick Bradley, but you started moving into that space really fast. What was it that took you into that space so fast? And obviously, uh, you got No Chill Guild now. For those of you out there, uh, Guild's Arena is mm-hmm. is premiering soon. Um, you could tell us more about that. But what what really took you into that space so fast? Okay, so uh, the NBA was doing this experiment called uh, like Players Diary, right? Okay. So they was, they was looking for players that can be like the diary players. It was like me, um, Don Levy, and a bunch of mm-hmm. non-other, you know, they didn't have no personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what ended up happening is, you know, just like you, you put a mic, you know what to do with yep. it. You put the mic in my mouth. <laughs> in my face. So, Absolutely. Um, so what happened was I blew up. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, the, my diary was the hottest thing moving on NBA.com, right? Like, mm-hmm. I would, it was, you know, it, like, it really helped me sell my brand to, you know, to, to everyone. So when I was done playing and people started talking about podcasting, see, podcasting wasn't how we're doing it now. Yeah. It was just audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not no radio dude, man. Like, you know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, man, just it video wise and then we'll go from there mm-hmm. so it was like then it became video podcasting yeah my my first three episodes i was like i don't i didn't like it I, it, it didn't sound right and then they put it out anyway and then and it, everyone started liking it and what i decided was like this is like new media yeah this is new yeah. media because players get to talk to players mm-hmm we both understand each other. We both understand how to protect each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So absolutely. This is this is the lane. We're we're different from the big media who who has no, they don't care about the person themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't have to interview none of us. They can just talk about us. Yeah. With the podcast. Absolutely. We we need each other. And if I say something about a player, it's not a grudge. I can say something bad about him today. I can say something good about him tomorrow. You know what I mean? This is not, yep. you know, I don't, I don't hold no grudges against a player, you know? And when players see that, okay, okay, he gave me my credit here. Okay, cool. They don't take it personal. You know, yep. with ESPN or Absolutely. them, they go, they go, they hold it like you did something personally to them. <laughs> yeah, well, I think with a lot of this media, man, you start, you start, like these guys, they're no longer just dissecting basketball game. No, they're like taking shots at people's character. Character, you know. Like I had, like I had, um, I had an issue last week, uh, and I spoke about it on the podcast or a week, maybe two weeks ago now, whatever it was, when Russ got traded away from from the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, I'm not in the Lakers locker room, so I can't speak on how Russ was, how anyone was mm-hmm. towards Russ. Um, what his attitude was. I can't speak on any of that. But the entitlement in media today is what really, like, like I, you know, I would speak, like you just said, the new media. Like, I speak on this new media thing. And initially when I started speaking on it, 
everyone think I'm talking about like, oh, athletes doing media. Like, athletes been doing media. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not the first athlete to do media. <laughs> I have a podcast. But when I was, when I first started speaking to new media, the new media to me was, or is, like going about media a certain way. You know, like, um, there used to be a term, as you know, called a homer in media. That mm-hmm. term is non-existent anymore. Like you see people on TV actually cheering for a team that they're mm-hmm. critiquing against another <laughs> team as if you're not a human being and you don't feel a way about yeah. this person. Like that just doesn't come into play. Like you can mm-hmm. just push all those emotions. And so like the term Homer is no more, which I think is ridiculous because it doesn't allow you, it doesn't allow you to do um, unbiased journalism. Sure. Like you can't, you can't give an unbiased opinion. You're giving me your biased opinion, which, like, all right, it's one thing if, if your biased opinion is on basketball, but now these biased opinions are turning into character, characterized mm-hmm. opinions. And I don't like that. And so Dave McMenamin, who I don't really know from a can of paint, <laughs> um, he says Russell Westbrook was a vampire in the locker room. And I'm sitting there listening to it, and I'm like, okay, that's strong. Mm-hmm. And then he just stopped. Now I'm like, if you're gonna say someone's a vampire in a locker room, a that's something that someone has said to you. Mm-hmm. And I know how this business works. They probably said it in passing, like, man, like I can see it. Like somebody like, man, that vampire out of here. And then you run on TV and you say, they got rid of a vampire in the locker room. That's a character hit. That mm-hmm. can affect his livelihood and his next job. So if you're going to say something like that, you better have example A, B, C, D, and E to validate you calling that man a vampire in the locker room, right? And so that's been my whole thing, like, with media. Like, it's not what it used to be. It's not what it's intended to be. So I agree 100% on the conversations that you're saying about like players interviewing players, because that's, that's my number one goal with this show. It's like, it's a safe space. Um, mm-hmm. If you say something in this interview and like people, you'll hear it now, but if you say something in this interview, that's going to get you in trouble. We're taking that shit out. Like yes. we're protecting each other. Like I'm not about to put that out there just to get you, like to get some clicks and get get some people. To, like no, we taking that out. Like protect the guy because I I look at it like this: if you protect someone, they'll always come back. I don't back need to off. get some clicks off exactly. somebody else. Listen, I'm that that and and I think that's what people started realizing too with me. Like you know, I'll have the tos. You know, he's a personality. Mm-hmm. Nick Youngs. Um, Fizdale, right? And you know, they'll say some things and you know, and then we get to really like gauge it. Like what I want, what I want that clip to be out about me. Um mm-hmm. now nah, he's he, you know, he's trying to get a job, this and this. You know what? Hey, the last 20 minutes cut it, right? Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there was a point where, you know, my man TO, that's my man, and as a friend, mm-hmm. you know, just not an athlete, as a friend, like. When Golden State was trying to get me back, I was on a private jet with T.O., right? So as a friend, you know, you know some of the comments he was making, I said, as a friend, I'm taking it out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to say it on your platform, okay, that's, well, you know what I mean? That, but I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, it goes against our friendship if I allow this to go out just to go viral to get some clickbait. 
So mm-hmm. that's going out. We keep our friendship. I come on your show. You come on my show. And that's what athletes are doing. And I think that's what the media, the old media is not really understanding. Mm-hmm. The athletes, we don't, we don't fuck with y'all like that. Yeah. But like we rock with each other. No matter what we say, we know we can call each other and say, oh, my bad. You know, I, I, was, listen, I was just, I fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We can do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, we can do that all, all day. Like sometimes I'll say something and I DM, hey, hey, I would just, you know what I mean? I'll DM. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's respected. I, you know, yeah, I want I to understand where I was thinking. It might have came out wrong, but this is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's the space that athletes are starting to move in where they can trust, you know, the podcasters knowing that I have editing, you know, editing control and whatever you don't like, hit me up, we'll remove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, it's incredible. I think that's dope. I think that's what's made this space, like, for me, it, it's what, it's what made it's what's made the space one that I really want to live in, you know. Because, and you know, some, someone just said something to me yesterday. I practice. Um, he's an assistant GM of ours. He said, "Yo, I appreciate the way you're going about doing media because you're you're creating a lane for guys. Because lane like guys don't see it anymore and be like, oh, you have to sell out. Like you have to say things that you really don't want to say. You have to attack guys like." You don't want to like I no I can I can be very critical of <laughs> yeah. Steph's game and and not attack him like I but mm-hmm. I can be very critical of um, Anthony Edwards the game Anthony Edwards have or the week he's ha- I can be very critical of that and not attack him attack and yeah, not attack, and, yes. and, and and that's what we see a lot in media today and I just totally disagree with it and so my goal is to change that. My goal is to make that style of journalism obsolete because uh, yes. media is becoming more and more uh, prevalent. It's as accessible as it's ever been, and that'll only continue to grow and become more and more accessible. And you just can't have people out here doing a lazy job, like like just attacking people. Man, that shit tired. Like nobody want to hear that no more. Like. All the stuff we got going in the world, and you think I want to sit here and listen to you attack someone's character because they missed the jump shot? Like, like, like we're not and doing that. It, it was so funny. That's why, with, you know, with my new show, Gills Arena, I signed with uh, Underdog Fantasy, right? And my whole thing is I wanted ESPN style, mm-hmm. right, where it can mm-hmm. be a bunch of us. We don't have to be in a suit. I, I don't have to tell you about the game wearing a suit and tie, Okay. You know what I mean? We Absolutely. We have the same format. So you can see I'm creating the same format, the same layout, talking sports without attacking character. Yeah. Right? So even with Kyrie, I remember I was, I was watching someone, and they were like, you know, I'm not going to attack the character. We're talking about the basketball play. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I tuned off. Let me, hit, let me see if he can actually <laughs> know the difference. Right? I mean, I want to see if he knows the difference. And then... Absolutely. The person he's talking about is the character. You're talking about the man. <laughs> you didn't say nothing about his ba- the basketball part of the player is mm-hmm. how does he come to practice? Is he practicing hard? How does he get along with his teammates? When he when he gets on that court, is he performing? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what's his practice habits? What's his like what is his eating habits? Like, that's the if you're gonna if you're gonna say basketball, critique that part. Yeah, like when yeah. you start talking about oh he missed you know this because of you know COVID and that's personal. That's, that's personal. the man. 
Yeah. That's the man. Yep. I want to know when he's between those lines, when you're talking about basketball, what is he doing? That's all I care about. I don't mm-hmm. the, the the man part that can figure itself out. I'm judging this man part right here. And right here, I'm cool with it. Yep. You know, the, the rest of the stuff, that's not my problem. That's I want to see my problem. he gets on the court. How does he get along with his teammates? All right, he's at the end of the bench. Okay, he's shaking hands. Okay, he's cheering. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. But, but we can we understand that whole element. We 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 true. we play. These guys mm-hmm. haven't played. That's right. True. So they don't really know the difference between the two. Yes. They they do, but they just gonna attack the play, the, the, the character himself. Yes. Like the man, they're not gonna talk nothing about his skills or what he brings to the game itself. Absolutely. No, uh, before we get out of here, I uh, know I've taken a lot of your time and I appreciate you. Um, no you mentioned Nick Young, who I had as a teammate, won a championship with. I know y'all relationship, y'all super tight. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, swag fat as hell now. But and, and initially, <laughs> and initially getting out of the, like him being out of the league, uh, you look at Dwight Howard now, who's playing overseas. Mm-hmm. I think, and I, I want, I just want to get your take on this uh, as someone who's done it at the highest level. Vets, the 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 dying breed that is vets in the NBA. Um, the effect that you yourself thinks uh, has on the NBA. It's like I'll I'll give you uh, my opinion after, but just do you think? the lack of vets in the NBA now is problematic for the league moving forward. Yes, I I really do think so because just like your vet, he was once young, right? Mm -hmm. So with this older guy, he's been there. He's understood, right? He's been a star. He had to sit the bench. He, he got mm-hmm. booed in a Serena. You know, he got fired. He's done, did every single thing where when a young player comes in, like when I had John Wall, you know, and I, and, you know, me and Washington wasn't seeing eye to eye. But that had nothing to do with me and John Wall relationship. You know, like John Wall here, come to the closet, give you $100,000 worth of stuff. You Don't spend your money. You don't need to spend mm-hmm. your money, right? Don't try to, you know, match player for player on clothes and stuff like that, right? Uh, right before I was leaving, you know, I'm, you know, I'm telling them how to, you know, take the bus early, you know, go to sleep early. You know, if you're going to party, you know, you're going to have to do this, this, this. Um, you know, get, get into a routine. You know, practice is practice, but get yourself an in-season routine. Um, mm-hmm. Learn how to be a pro. And do not accept winning. Winning is not something you accept, accept, right? You you let it affect you. Like you, when you lose, like if you start accepting it, you become a loser, right? Yeah, absolutely. What ends up happening, if you don't have a veteran telling the young stars how to be stars, then what ends up happening, they're learning on the same, they're learning the same thing I learned. When if you have a veteran, he takes away some of those pitfalls. Absolutely. They take away some of them pitfalls. So without the without that leadership to help the new generation, you just have the same cycle of, of mm-hmm. things going on. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree 100%. I think, you know, when I look back, like, on my career, the value of vets that I, I had, Jared Jack, Jermaine O'Neal, mm. 
Carl Lynch, Richard Jefferson, your ex-teammate. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, David Lee, like, mm-hmm. Bogan. They're my vets. David West. Yeah, oh, like, damn, damn, yeah, yeah. You got some good like, ones. Them the, my first few years in the league, they're my vets. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that taught me Zaza Pachulia my fifth year, fourth, fourth. Yeah. Like, those are the guys that taught me how to take care of your body, body. how to act, how, what time you should be showing up. Um, mm-hmm. Fight this battle, don't fight that battle. And, like, at the end of the day, I'm a grown man. I'm going to still pick and choose my own battles. But to have yeah, that fine. guidance, like, you look mm-hmm. around some of these teams now, like, Houston don't have a vet. Nope. But they got these prom- all this promising young talent. With, with no veteran leadership, or you look at a, a OKC, they don't have a vet. Man, who, no one to teach him. No one, no one to teach him. So they're all learning. They're all learning, and that's the. They're all learning on the fly, mm-hmm. learning bad habits. You know, you know, losing, laughing, thinking it's going like that's you know a veteran. You know, like somebody like uh, uh UD, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, UD has been there so long that you know when he speaks, when he does speak, you you're gonna listen. Absolutely, right? You're you're you're, you're gonna listen no matter what. So you know, I think like having you know two vets on your team, even on the even on a bench, like it seems like you know there's 52 people on benches now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They got as many uh, assistant coaches as they got players. You know, start bringing some of these stars back. Yeah, because you got to remember. I think somehow they think a star player hasn't grown up. So if I take Island Iverson and I put him around my young guy, he's still going to be the twenty-year-old Allen Iverson. Like yeah. no, he like <laughs> he's he's learned. He see where his career, what happened to his career. He's going to guide this man. Like hey, no, 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 we're not going to do. It. That's what I was like. You know what I mean? You have those guys that. They had pitfalls. Let them teach these guys where not to have that pitfall at. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, like, you know, I can talk to a John Moran and be like, hey, man, you know, um, to move up in this world, we have to pick our friends wisely. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. We can't take everybody to the uh, picnic. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, So you pick the guys that can handle themselves in this picnic, in, in these rooms. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. there's friends you hang out with at home. There's friends yeah. you hang out with in the rooms. Pick them. Yeah. Accordingly. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, because your company, you show me your company, I can show you where you're going to end up at. Facts. You know what I mean? Because there's some point you don't want to be getting your name rang because of something one of your friends did. So, you know what I mean? You know, you still got to be young, but still be mindful of, you know, the things. They have to be as professional as you. They have to protect your brand also. They're going to hang yep. with you. They need to pretend they're you and protect the brand also. They need to protect your brand almost more than you protect it. Y- yes. Because right. they also have to protect you from yourself. Yeah, from you. Yeah, exactly. Good friends in this position. Good friends. Good friends, yeah. The good Absolutely. friends are laying. You try to go to the club and they're going to be like, nah, man, you... Not no, not tonight, man. Like, let's get on out of here. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, I'm or, trying to drive. To, take my keys. They, they don't mm-hmm. care about. They don't care about ruffling your feathers. Yes. You know, and then that's just gonna be yes, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Before we get out of here, uh, I know you watch a bunch of NBA basketball. Who you got taking home the MVP this year? 
who you got winning the championship? You know, I got, you know, you know, right now I, I think Jokic is leading because they're number one, yeah. playing, having that triple-double season. Um, you know, Embiid is doing what Embiid does. I mean, he's most likely going to be runner-up if if Jason Tatum's not runner-up. Um, Greek the Freak is always somewhere in the midst. Absolutely. And I mean, <laughs> it's always Absolutely. somewhere there, but, you know, I think Jokic, if they finished off strong and he continues to, you know, have this triple-double year, mm-hmm. it's going to be a great, great storyline, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> for the Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to the championship, it's, it's no different than how you guys came into the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever clicks the best when time comes. I don't know if anyone has put themselves in a situation yet where they're dominant. Yeah. Denver's good. No one's afraid of them. No. Right? No, no one is no. like, oh, Denver first round. No one's, you know, so right now there's no real team that says, all right, um, that is a for sure, you know, dark horse take home. Yeah. You know, KD changes things over in, in Suns. Um, it's like it's like when he came to you guys. Yeah. You guys already had the infrastructure. You're mm-hmm. just adding another piece. Yeah. Versus, you know, what Brooklyn happened, all three new pieces trying to figure out how they're going to do it. So um, I want to see how that the first week of, you know, him and the Suns look. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it, it don't seem like there's a real dominant. So it's basically whoever clicks at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, coming into the playoffs is, is you know, you know, it's all seeding too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it all is. seeding. You know what I mean? It's, it's. You know, that team that when they get into the playoffs and everybody's healthy, everybody's clicking, you're looking at a sixth seed that <laughs> that was the champions last year. That's like, hey, we hey, back. <laughs> <laughs> we back. You know what I mean? So it's 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 you always gotta be mindful, look at the like I I I you just watch it. You know what yeah. I mean? I just watch and see all right, who matches up. All right, okay. Like, dang, okay, if this is their role, this might be, you know, it, you know, you start watching like that. So it's like we still have about two weeks before we can start seeing what's playing out. Absolutely. Oh, man. One more question. I'm sorry. Why, why does European players not get the same flack for winning championships or not than U.S. American-born guys? For instance, I saw a list today Stephen A. put out, and like it was like the players with under the most pressure to win a championship. I think James Hart was one. CP was two. Jason Tatum was three. Joker was four. Joker has two Jason. MVPs. Joker has two MVPs. More than likely about to be a third MVP. Mm-hmm. And he's older than JT. Mm-hmm. Why is it that he's fourth, but JT's third? And and Luca wasn't even on the list, right? Like, mm-hmm. just now, you obviously, Luca's a little younger than JT, but mm-hmm. I feel like over the years, European players has not had the same, um, caught the same flat of winning a championship as U.S. players, and I don't understand that. And I wanted to know if you feel the same way about that. <laughs> it's really a knock, to be honest. Mm. Do they... Ex- 
do they think that they're even capable of winning it by themselves? Mm -hmm. Um, Do they hold them to the greatness of what they hold the American players to, Mm -hmm. right? So when you have a Luka, when you have a Jokic, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, they're good. European players are coming over, they're dominating, but do we hold them to the same standard? So it's like they mm-hmm. get a free, they get they get a free easy pass, mm-hmm. right? They get a free easy pass versus you know someone you know you 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 know me you you know, you know what I'm about. Um, it's the um, might be the color of the skin a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the got to remember the, the the American white boy is gone. Mm-hmm. They adapted the the black side of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they, they adopted the, the athletic part of the game. So they don't have the same fundamentals that they used to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you name when 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 you when I see, oh, the, the, the white players and then you put Luke in there like that's European. Stop. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. try that. I, I'm yeah. on to you. You can't say, you know, he's competing with Larry Bird. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's Hayward. That's Caruso. You know, that's that group. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, you know, so I think, you know, they're trying to find a way to ease the Europeans in to, to make it a broader game. And I don't think they want to really give them that, that umph yet. Um, mm-hmm. But we're mentally built for it. Right now, you know, it, it, the, the jury is still out on the Europeans. You know, I mean, you know, we, we, we see Luca, amazing. Dirk, amazing. Peja, amazing. The ones that came over have been amazing, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they, they need to start understanding that there's a lot from everywhere. There's a lot now. I mean, you can really put an all-star game together, the, the, the overseas versus the American. Yeah, they can, absolutely. You can, really, you can really do that now. You know yes, what I mean? Because you, you know, you'd be surprised who's from, <laughs> who's not American. Um, absolutely. Like so, it, like Shay is not American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know what I mean? so you, you can you can really have an all star game where it's so you know what I mean. You need to play it play it down the middle now. You know, give the same respect to them as you do us, which means you have to put the same type of responsibility. On them, mm-hmm. just like there's no way JT's supposed to be in this in this 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 conversation right now. Yeah. No, that why why? Yeah, <laughs> you know he's 24, 25 years old. Huh? Absolutely, <laughs> like Jalen Brown is older than him, but you put more. It's like shut up, like you. But that's you know that. But that's what media does, right? Yeah, you know they, they try to set you up so you can fail. No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and I like I said, I. I I can agree with you 100%. Like, these Europeans today, uh, Luca, Joker, Giannis, although Giannis accomplished defeat, uh, Joel, like, and Joel's African, but just, you know, from another continent. Like, these 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 guys, they real guys. And they, like, mm-hmm. these guys are top 10 guys in our league. <laughs> like, yes. majority of them top five. But they top 10 guys in our league. And I think... I, I didn't even think about it from the perspective of you saying, like, it's a knock. Like, I didn't even think mm-hmm. about that. But I, what I will say is, whoever is knocking them, at, mm-hmm. some, like, at some point, you got to stop. Like, yeah. these guys are as good as anyone in the league, uh, if not better. Mm-hmm. And if 
the thing is, oh, it's a knock, and we don't hold them to that standard. That got to go. Because, yeah, got to go. Because, and, and by the way, I think Luka wants to be held to that standard. I think Great, I, I, we know does. Giannis <laughs> wants to be. We know yes. Giannis wants to be held. To, so I think mm-hmm. these guys want to be held to that standard. And I also think, again, talking about it from a journalism standpoint, honesty. We need that back in this business. Mm-hmm. Not a narrative. Not, not the a narrative, narrative of, of we don't know. Yeah. We're we not going to put. No, no, no. We need honesty. We need the truth back in this business. Because that is what ultimately helps grow this game. And yeah. that helps you. It helps myself. It helps everybody involved and who uh, is touched by the game of basketball. So I, I, that's something that I hope to see. Uh, I appreciate your perspective on that because it definitely gave me a different, a totally different perspective that I haven't thought about. But uh, man, like, man, I, like, like, go ahead. As a, as a, as a player, like, like you're you're more can like you're more controlled in your media space as a player. People don't realize that with someone who has their own, I would have oh, oh I would have been fi- I would have been fined my ass. I would have I would have went live. I would have went live playing, just like you know, like NBA Mike. Absolutely. I'm micing myself up. Absolutely. I'm micing myself up, and I'm doing it, you know, myself. Like I would have tried that. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. I would have tried it. I would have tried some goofy shit like that. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't need to play the footage now. Yeah. That's I can true. hold it. That's I can true. hold it. <laughs> I can hold it. You know what I mean? It's my footage. I can I can be in the game doing my thing and, and hold that footage. That right? So I, I would have tried that. So, you know, watching you like, you know, I, I, you're responsible. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, you're responsible. And, you know what I mean? With, hey, Underdog Fantasy, we, we, we talked about it. <laughs> On, man, like you know what I mean? Like he's he's an active player that 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 he has real time information. He has mm-hmm. real access right now. So he has a better. You got to remember, we're dealing with secondary information. Absolutely, he has a one information right now. Real time can tell you the game to tell you how he's feeling. That's more important. So you know, I've already tried to send them your way. <laughs> I've already sent them your way because I'm like, it, it's it's it it when he's done, they're gonna they're gonna buy the podcast, they're gonna do whatever. Someone's coming because he's just too good at what he does. I appreciate that. You know man. what I mean? <laughs> it is. Now, I appreciate you, man. I've been, I've obviously, I've been a big fan uh, since you know watching you play the game at Arizona, then to the Golden State Warriors with Jay Rich. You know, Jay Rich from Saginaw, so I was always yep. watching the Warriors, <laughs> and, and just followed your career. And then also you in the media space. I think mm-hmm. uh, a, a very admirable how you speak your mind and from a very intelligent place. Like mm-hmm. you know, um, people can say what they want to feel. Uh, what they want about what you have to say, but they can't call you dumb. And that's the yeah. first thing people try to do when you speak your mind, you know, is try to discredit yep. uh, your knowledge, uh, discredit mm-hmm. how smart you are. And so I have a huge appreciation uh, for who you are, for what you've done. Uh, like I said, how you went right into that space and showed other guys how to navigate that. I appreciate it. I thank you for coming on the show. Much love, bro. And if nobody else ain't giving you your flowers... <laughs> Like I said at the very beginning, I watched you play, but also just hearing from several people that I respect 
their basketball mind, like one of the best players they ever seen, bro. Oh, thank Much you, man. Love. Appreciate it. Hey, man, when you uh, if, when you're free in the summer and you ain't got shit to do, come on down. <laughs> I'll come chop it up for sure, for hey, sure. You already, hey, hey, you see the Golden State colors. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm coming to chop it up for sure. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.